0: This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Hello and welcome to another World of UX podcast. This is your host, Darren Hood. Thanks for joining me on today and welcome to those of you who are listening for the first time we're going to dive right into our subject today and we've got a lot to cover and i don't want to split this up over multiple weeks last week we talked to you about the importance of a pln which stands for a personalized learning network and i mentioned something on that on that episode that we were sort of going backwards and um, you'll see what I mean by that a bit when I, when I bring up the topic for today because I would normally do it in a different sequence. But PLN was sort of hot. Uh, it, it was something that was on my mind quite a bit because we had had some discussions about what do you need to do to, to learn more about UX. And so many people, when they get involved in UX, They're looking at how can I get a job? Now That angle comes into it. There's the angle about what can I do to learn about it if I want to learn more about UX and what should I do about that? We're going to have an upcoming episode on that as well. And But in the midst of all that, there's a piece that gets missed, and it has to do with what we talked about last week, because when you... When you opt into a UX career, you are also opting into lifelong learning. UX is an infinite science, it's something that is constantly changing and all we have to do is change the the mindsets or the mental models of those that we're serving, whether it's on the business side or the user side, all we have to do is change the constraints And now we have to do things differently. We might even have to change processes. There's a lot of things that change. So from an infinite science perspective, we're just, our head is basically on a swivel. Uh, So for that reason, we always have to keep learning. There's always something else to pick up. There's always something else to add to our repertoire. Beyond that, however, when it comes to continuing to learn, part of that, uh, uh, that personalized learning network, or the at least the the mindset behind it, what can I do to keep on learning, is tied into what we're talking about tonight, or what we're going to talk about tonight. And the topic for for this episode is the UX cycle of excellence. I've talked about this in talks. I delivered another talk for someone about this recently, and so I wanted to single this out and and talk about this process. And the UX cycle of excellence is basically, this is, we have the PLN, step back for a moment. We have the PLN we talked about last week. The PLN is actually part of the UX cycle of excellence, but I wanted to single that out because it's big. It's something that we need to focus on. It has a, a strategy that 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 applies to that alone. So if you know about the PLN, You know what to do about it. You could actually approach that. And it's possible that you will be able to accomplish a lot of what we're going to talk about today. But these steps, there there are seven steps here. They need to be looked at. They, They deserve their own time. Again, one part of it has to do with the PLN. And you can look at that separately. You could actually, again, you could do that and you could be pretty successful. But we're we're getting a bit more granular with what we need to do from the perspective, not just of what do I need to learn from a continued education perspective, but the the UX cycle of excellence came out of conversations about what do I need to do to build a career? Well, what's, what's the life cycle? What is that like if I'm a UX professional? How can I... How can I get better at my game? How can I how can I continue to learn? What type of mindset do I need to have in order to be successful overall? And I want longevity. I want consistency. I want to excel. And, and here we are. It's the cycle of excellence, the life cycle that a, any UX professional needs in order to excel in. discipline That's what the UX cycle of excellence is about. So again, there are seven steps. I want to talk you through each of these steps today uh, in the time that we we have allowed. And hopefully uh, folks will take this in. You will understand how it works and you can put it to work. It doesn't matter whether you're just getting started in UX. It doesn't matter if you're a junior, if you're a mid-level, if you're a senior, if you're a lead. No matter who you are in UX today, the UX cycle of excellence will work for you. It is what we need to do. And I know somebody always comes up and they say, you know, Darren, that doesn't just apply to UX. I didn't say that it did. Did you catch that? Hey, I didn't say that it did. But I'm talking about my domain. I'm talking about UX. And even though it could be applicable other domains remember ux is basically still a baby when it comes to the professional world it's something that that it still shifts and changes and there's some things that are still going on and there's a lot of people that have absolutely no idea what ux is and that's not just the companies that that have the ux positions in-house but it's also the people doing the work the people claiming to do it Uh, and that includes the people who who are justifiably operating as UX professionals and the people who fake their way into it, which we're going to talk about that. We're going to have a separate show where we just talk about the, there's three groups of people, uh, three phrases that I've coined, three titles that I've coined for people who fake their way around UX, the posers, the retrofits and the upstarts. We'll talk about that in detail in the not too distant future, but let's get into these seven steps. So you ready? Here is the UX cycle of excellence. Step Number one, we need to properly define the discipline. And one of the things I've got to say here too is that anybody who is a UX professional that has not been doing these things, it is going to be critical. If they want to excel and if they want to be rooted and grounded in what I like to call pure UX, they're going to have to do this. And, and there are people who are UX professionals today who have never properly defined the discipline. And if somebody has never properly defined the discipline, that's gonna create a problem uh, because they're not gonna be able to represent the discipline right. They're not gonna know which way is up. They're not gonna know, they're not gonna be able to evaluate themselves properly. They're not gonna be able to evaluate others. They're not going to be able to mentor anyone. There's a lot of problems that come out of this. We need to properly define what UX is. We need to know its purpose. If you're one of those people that thinks that UX is just a mindset, you're not properly defining the discipline. If you're one of those people that thinks that we just make things look pretty, you're not properly defining the discipline. If you're one of those people that's always sharing those little, those little illustrations on social media, that says, uh, look at this, this is what UX is, and all it is is some visual stuff, you are a curse to the discipline, you need to stop doing that stuff, that's not good, um, UX must be properly defined, uh, basically speaking, UX is about making things as easy to use as possible, your your solutions, your website, your mobile app, your whatever it is, whatever your solution is, whatever your product is, we wanna optimize the usability, the experience that people have with that solution, with that resource, and it's a, a, applying all of the methods and methodologies in order to drive that. So UX is about achieving that. It's about achieving the sweet spot between business needs, user needs, and operating based on the constraints that were dealt with. You wanna push the envelope as far as you can. That's what UX is about. It's made up of four pillars with several, several subsets, methods and methodologies tied into each, and then there's several that are not tied to any one of the four alone. They overlap. You've got your usability and heuristics, You've got your information architecture. You've heard me talk about this before. If you've been listening to the podcast rarely you have your UX research and you have your interaction and interface design. We use those four pillars and their subsets to optimize the experience with our product and service. That's what UX is about. But all of this, this goofy stuff, where people talking about is just a mindset. Those people do not have much experience. They haven't learned anything properly. They're not experts. And but everybody talks. Everybody has an opinion, whether they're an, they're an expert or not. And people need to start waiting. W e i g h t i n g. People need to start waiting the things that we hear. Don't don't you hate it when somebody holds a? They put a poll on LinkedIn and there's 5,000 respondents, we don't know who those respondents are. If you have 5,000 respondents, and four of them have two years of less of experience, and you hold, this is not to put anybody down, this is just realistic. And if you're a UX person, you should know this, because you have to count on this too. Otherwise, your data is not going to have the integrity that you're selling people on if there are 5000 people and 4000 people have 3 years or less experience and only a very small percentage of those people has 7 to 20 years of experience when the people who have the who have 7 to 20 years real really have 7 to 20 years of experience um those the feedback that you get from those people should carry more weight than the people with the one to three years experience because they have a broader point of reference. And people need to stop being so sensitive and, and, and feel like you're putting them down because you say something about them having less experience. If you have less experience, you have less experience. That, that's just it. If you have three doctors, and one of them has two years of experience, and one has seven years of experience, and another has 25 years of experience, and you have a critical medical need, uh, which one are you gonna depend on the most? So it's interesting how hypocritical people get when the table is flipped. But when it applies to them, they want more credit than they deserve. Number one, nobody's taking any credit away from anyone. Number two, we're just calling a spade a spade. And I, for one, I'm not going to give way to the people who, who want us to stop saying what's true because of somebody's feelings. Not going to worry about that at all. We need to embrace proper, uh, I'm going to call it professional etiquette and and give credit where credit is due and call everything what it is. I used to be a junior. I used to be a junior UXer. And when I was a junior UXer, I did not try to get more credit than I deserved. And so I'm going to exhort people who are listening today, let's settle down, because I know people are out there and somebody's going to hear this. (laughs) That's thinking on that line. If you have less experience, your opinion doesn't weigh as much. And, and, and one of the reasons that there's so much confusion in the UX world is because we keep accepting the opinions of people that really haven't done anything to generate a lot of weight for their sentiment. But I'm spending too much time there. Let's move on. So number one, make sure you properly define the discipline. Number two embrace ux's foundational tenets and i just mentioned them all the information architecture i just wrote an article on medium and we started producing some articles out there if you want some more uh uh, good information good valuable information sound information about ux you can find ux uncensored on medium and we wrote an article recently uh where we were talking about the evolution of ux and how that information architecture really served as our foundation. So, but a man by the name of Earl Murrow, uh, an author wrote a book in 2003 where he was talking about information architecture and that it's the 21st century uh, um, uh, occupation, uh, career choice, and he talked about how it was really gonna expand and eventually there was it was pretty much impossible to continue doing the work without making it a multidisciplinary type of an approach. So he basically talked about what was coming with with UX. And so research and and the interface and interaction design and IA, information architecture, usability, that all these things were gonna to come together, but those are the foundational tenets. Step two calls for that because a lot of people today who are trying to get into UX, a lot of people that are, they're actually holding UX positions, they, they're they not doing any of those things. And a lot of people, they're just visual designers. And those visual designers with UX titles... They're fabricating their UX presence, but they don't know anything about the foundational tenets. So what happens is they never represent the work properly, then people think that's UX, and then you run into value issues in the the company and things of that nature. But make sure you get the foundational tenets down. If you don't know them, no problem. Just learn them and bring them into your repertoire again and get to work, learn them so you can get good at it. Step three, evaluate your current state. Who are you today? Where do you stand today? Where do you stand concerning the definition of the discipline? How sound are you with that? Are you really embracing the foundational tenets of UX and are you practicing them? Where do you stand? So if you look at your current state and honestly honestly assess who you are and then just let's just let's just make sure we identify that because once you identify what your current state is, we go into step four which is now identify your knowledge and skill gaps. A lot of people, if they lack something, they act like it's some type of a, a death sentence. If you don't know something, you just don't know. At all other stages of our life, when there was something we didn't know, we just went out and learned it. And the same thing applies here. Nobody is saying that you're a fraud. Nobody is saying that you you need to you need to be fired. Nobody's saying anything like that. If you don't know, then let's get to work. That's it. So identify your knowledge and skill gaps. and that rolls us right into step number five. Step number five is you need to 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 make it a point that you become focused on building towards excellence. So step number five is building, towards excellence now that you've evaluated who you are you 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 identify what your knowledge and skill gaps are then go to work and build towards excellence keep in mind also these become iterative you you can as we go through these steps there are going to be times where you're going to go backwards come forward again or you're going to get to the end and then you're going going to go back to another step and come through again and that's why we call it the cycle of excellence it is an iterative approach to managing your UX career. We can think of it that way. So again, you're gonna you're gonna build toward excellence. And then step number six, and, and this is where it really gets down to us being really honest and dedicated, committed to the work. Any any discipline, any career path, any occupation, in order to excel, a person must commit to, to excellence. They have to build toward it. And again, with step six, you have to commit to personal maintenance. I'll repeat that. Step number six, commit to personal maintenance. And what that's really calling out is, if you ever identify something that you feel you need to get better at, and even when there are some things that you you've gotten pretty good at, you want to make it a point that you're always make you're always sharpening your saw, you're always making sure to do things so you can maintain your edge, so to speak. You don't want to get to the point where you're going idle. You actually need to spend time. Uh, I, earlier in my career, I would always spend wow anywhere from an hour to two hours a week, and this is post master's degree. An hour to two hours a week. Just exposing myself to to more information about UX, reading articles, things of that nature, and then examining myself in conjunction with it, a lot of times purposely trying to find something that I could work on, something that I could do to get better. For example, I have personally never done any work with Internet of Things as it applies to UX. Well... There's some articles I could read. There's probably some videos that I could look at. And and so let me start. And you can see here, this is a combination of, of a blend, if you will, steps four, five, and six. I know step three, I evaluating my current state, I know that I lack that. So I know that it's a knowledge and a skill gap. And so if I'm going to build toward excellence, I want to to commit to building towards excellence. So after identifying those gaps, I want to sort of aim at what it is I need to do. And then I'm committing to personal maintenance. So in the midst of these four, I'm going to expose myself, build that knowledge and skill. I'm going to find out what I need to do to build toward excellence. And then I want to repeat. I want to continue to repeat these things. If the opportunity ever poses itself to do some work, some IoT work in association with UX, I want to be able to step into that and bring value. So, you know, fill in the blank. Well, I mentioned IoT. It could be easily be something else with you. That's how you want to approach it um, today so that you can get better. So, again, step four was identifying the knowledge and skill gaps. Just to repeat this part again. Step five, building toward excellence. Step six was committing to personal maintenance. Always being in the business of tweaking yourself whenever you see the need to to make an adjustment. And then step number 7, and this one this one might tickle some folks. But step number 7 is probably the toughest of the steps. It it is something that is pretty much ongoing. But it's the one that I see people a lot of times this is where people fail. And again, it might tickle you when you hear this because of how simplistic it's going to sound. But step number seven is be patient with yourself. Being patient is one of the biggest problems when it comes to growth, when it comes to pursuing and achieving maturity because everybody wants everything yesterday. Uh, A lot of people are getting into UX They want to learn it right away. Then they hear something that says that they can learn UX in six months, so they opt in, and they don't care how much it costs, because after all, I'm going to learn it in six months. They have no idea that they're not going to learn it in six months, and that lack of patience coupled with that zeal to get on board quickly uh, causes the person to go down the street that has a big dead end sign but they can't see it because they weren't engaged with somebody who's an expert that would have warned them. You don't want to go in that direction. That's not for you. That's not for anybody really not, not the way it's established currently. So as you, as you go down this, this road, as you, Properly defined this one. You keep putting the building blocks together. You you start embracing UX's foundational tenets. You evaluate your current state. You see where you are. You honestly know and understand where you are, and you're not engaging in any toxic positivity and ignoring what needs to be what needs some maintenance. What needs to be changed? You've identified your knowledge and your skill gaps. You're building towards excellence. You've committed to personal maintenance, and in the midst of all those things. You and I have to be committed to really what is a slow trek, or in other words, things are not going to happen fast. Our growth, our maturity is not going to happen overnight. It simply is not. So for that reason, it is critical that we are patient with ourselves. Just keep making progress. Just keep making progress. And, and and again, it sounds overly simplistic. It sounds like, well, yeah, of course. You might be surprised how many people make shipwreck, how many people go off the rails, how many people give up. And a lot of these things, people opt into something that they shouldn't do all because they lack what we're saying here in step seven. So all the, do all the other steps, but please, 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 Be patient with yourself. You will not be sorry. So, folks, that is it. And and we're going to wrap up there. We've been doing some little longer uh, episodes recently, but we're going to end it here today. These are the steps. I'm going to put a uh, copy of this visual on the LinkedIn page world of ux page that we do have a page out there now so if you want to download that visual and keep it for yourself it will be available go out there check it out follow the page keep up with any updates so but that is it folks this is darren hood the host of the world of ux happy uxing everybody thanks for joining us for this session of cx of m radio